European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 18, Focus Issue on Congenital Heart Disease, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Luscher. Frontiers in Congenital Heart Disease, Pulmonary Hypertension, Heart Failure, and Arrhythmias. Although rare, and affecting around 0.8% of all births worldwide, patients with congenital heart disease continue to increase in number. This is mainly due to the fact that children with congenital heart disease are able to reach adulthood today thanks to modern surgical and medical management. Residual lesions and the sequelae of previous interventions predispose to higher morbidity and mortality, requiring specialised care. Also, for many patients, their later life course is often complicated by endocarditis, pulmonary hypertension, arrhythmias and heart failure, even requiring transplantation in some cases. Due to a lack of large clinical studies on outcome in this patient population, guidelines for heart failure treatment are lacking. Indeed, the management and treatment of patients are therefore not standardised, leading to confusion for patients, treating physicians, nurse practitioners, physiotherapists, and others involved in the management of congenital heart disease. Furthermore, for some patients, drugs for the management of heart failure may even be harmful, especially if the underlying pathophysiology and hemodynamics are not understood. These issues are addressed in a current opinion, Treatment of Heart Failure in Adult Congenital Heart Disease, a position paper of the Working Group of Grown-Up Congenital Heart Disease and the Heart Failure Association of the European Society of Cardiology, by Werner Boots from the University Hospital Leuven in Belgium. A Clinical Review, Mobile Technology and the Digitization of Healthcare, by Partho P. Sengupta, from the Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, notes that the convergence of science and technology in our dynamic digital era has resulted in the development of innovative digital health devices that allow easy and accurate characterization in health and disease. Indeed, technological advancements and the miniaturization of diagnostic instruments to modern smartphone-connected and mobile health devices, such as the IECG, handheld ultrasound, and lab-on-a-chip technologies promise to decrease healthcare costs and to improve outcomes. This hype for mHealth has recently intersected with the real world and is providing important insights into how patients and practitioners are utilising digital health technologies. It is also raising important questions regarding the evidence supporting widespread device use. In this state-of-the-art review, the author assesses the current literature of mHealth and aims to provide a framework for the advances in mobile health by understanding the various device, patient and clinical factors as they relate to digital health, from device designs and patient engagement to clinical workflow and device regulation. In addition, they outline new strategies for generation and analysis of mHealth at the individual and population-based levels. Although many patients with congenital heart disease do well after corrective or palliative surgery and or interventions, arrhythmias and sudden cardiac death are a major cause of mortality in this population. However, indications for implantable cardioverter defibrillators or ICDs 
are still not well established. In their meta-analysis, Implantable Cardioverter Defibrillators in Adults with Congenital Heart Disease, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis, Jim T. Weymeyer and colleagues from the Academic Medical Center of the University of Amsterdam, the Netherlands, systematically reviewed the literature on this issue. Overall, 2,162 patients with a follow-up of 3.6 years from 24 studies, half of them with tetralogy of fallow, were included. ICDs were implanted for primary prevention in 53%. Of those, 24% of patients received one or more appropriate ICD intervention, such as anti-tachycardia pacing or shocks. All-cause mortality was 10%. Of note, inappropriate shocks occurred in one out of four patients, as did lead-related complications. The authors conclude that in adult congenital heart disease, remarkably high rates of appropriate ICD therapy, both in primary and secondary prevention, are notable. Because of the young age and lower death rates, the cumulative beneficial effects are likely greater in this population compared to those with acquired heart disease. However, considering the high rates of inappropriate shocks and complications, the costs and benefits of ICD implantation have to be considered carefully in each patient. In patients with right-to-left shunt in particular, Eisenmenger syndrome is a major complication. In a second paper, Current Therapy and Outcome of Eisenmenger Syndrome, data of the German National Register for Congenital Heart Defects, Gerhard Paul Diller from the University Hospital Munster in Germany assessed the contemporary outcome of such patients. Overall, 153 patients with Eisenmenger Syndrome with a median age of 34 years were identified from the German National Register for Congenital Heart Defects. Half of these were treated with at least one disease-targeting therapy, mainly bosentan, and to a lesser degree, sildenafil, while about a fifth were on dual therapy. In addition, a quarter of patients received digoxin and some inhibitors of the renin-angiotensin system, or beta-blockers. Only 18% were anticoagulated, and 24% were on aspirin. The survival rate at 1, 5, and 10 years was only 92%, 75%, and 57%, respectively. In treatment-naive Eisenmenger patients, survival rate was even worse, with 86%, 60%, and 34% at 1, 5, and 10 years, respectively. Use of disease-targeting therapies was independently associated with a better survival with a hazard ratio of 0.42. This study reminds us of the alarmingly poor survival of Eisenmenger patients in spite of the availability of modern drugs, even in a country with a well-accessible healthcare system. Early use of disease-targeting therapies therefore appears mandatory in these patients. Congenital heart disease not only includes patients with abnormalities of the valves, cardiac chambers, or great vessels, but also those with genetic defects of the conduction system. In particular, the long QT syndrome is associated with a high risk of sudden death. In some patients, the long QT syndrome is acquired due to drugs, hypokalemia, or bradycardia, and also may elicit torsade de pointe, 
ventricular tachycardia, or fibrillation. In the third research paper, The Genetics Underlying Acquired Long QT Syndrome Impact for Genetic Screening, Minoru Horie and colleagues from the Shiga University of Medical Sciences in Otsu, Japan, assessed the prevalence of mutations in major long QT genes in patients with acquired long QT syndrome. They screened for five major long QT genes among 188 individuals. Based on their baseline QTC interval without any trigger, subjects were categorized into true acquired long QT syndrome with QTC within normal limits, i.e. 453 plus minus 39 milliseconds, or unmasked congenital long QT syndrome with QTC of 478 plus or minus 46 milliseconds. Subjects were compared for QTC and genetics with 2,379 members of genotyped families with congenital long QT syndrome. Cardiac symptoms were notable in the vast majority of subjects. In 28% of subjects with acquired long QT syndrome, 47 disease-causing mutations were identified. Compared to those with the congenital form, KCNQ1 mutations were much less frequent than KCNH2 i.e. 20% versus 64%. A clinical score based on baseline QTC, age, and symptoms allowed identification of patients more likely to carry mutations. Thus, about a third of patients with acquired long QT syndrome carry CLQTS mutations, mainly involving KCNH2. The probability of being a carrier can be predicted by simple clinical parameters, thus allowing for cost-effective genetic testing. The paper is accompanied by an editorial by Arthur Wilder from Experimental and Molecular Cardiology in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Ventricular fibrillation, the main cause of sudden cardiac death, occurs most frequently in the acute phase of myocardial infarction. A certain fraction of such arrhythmias, however, develop in an apparently healthy heart, referred to as idiopathic ventricular fibrillation. The contribution of perturbation in the fast conduction system in the ventricle, the Hiss-Purkinje system, for this condition has been proposed, but the underlying mechanism remains unknown. IRX3 encodes a transcription factor specifically expressed in the Hiss-Purkinje system in the heart. Genetic deletion of IRX3 provides a mouse model of ventricular fast conduction disturbance without anatomical or contraction abnormalities. In the final paper entitled Genetic Defects in a Hiss-Purkinje System Transcription Factor, IRX3, Cause Lethal Cardiac Arrhythmias, Tatsushi Furukawa from the Tokyo Medical and Dental University in Japan examined the link between perturbed Hiss-Purkinje system and idiopathic ventricular fibrillation in IRX3 null mice, and a search for IRX3 genetic defects in humans. Telemetry ECG recordings showed that IRX3 deleted mice frequently developed ventricular tachyarrhythmias, mostly at night. These arrhythmias were enhanced by exercise and sympathetic nerve stimulation. In the human, the sequence analysis of IRX3 exons in 130 probands 
of idiopathic ventricular fibrillation without SCN5A mutations revealed two novel IRX3 mutations which were associated with ventricular fibrillation upon physical activities. In HL1 cells and neonatal mouse ventricular myocytes, IRX3 transfection upregulated SCN5A and connexin 40 mRNA, which was attenuated by IRX3 mutations. Thus, IRX3 genetic defects and the resultant functional perturbation in the His-Purkinje system are novel genetic risk factors of idiopathic ventricular fibrillation and might improve risk stratification and prevention of sudden death in otherwise healthy hearts. The paper is accompanied by an editorial by Jeffrey Pitt from the Duke University in Durham, North Carolina, USA. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.